0: Hey guys, welcome to episode 183 of the podcast. If you celebrated Christmas in any form, I hope it was wonderful. Uh, and if it's just a holiday for you where um, other people are celebrating and you get to chill out and uh, not be bothered, I also think that's wonderful. Um, and I hope that you guys are looking forward to a very happy new year. I uh I hope you've got some safe plans. Uh, boy, I, you know what? I can't even successfully sound motherly, so I'm not sure what I think I'm doing. But uh, anyway, I hope you enjoy this episode. I hope that uh, some of you will be making it out to Sketchfest this year. I am just about to head up to San Francisco for that. It opens on the 7th. Um, and of course, I'm doing my own podcast uh, up at Sketchfest. Everybody's already heard me um, geeking out over Stuff You Should Know guests. And um, uh, I look forward to seeing some of you there. That's January 16th. If you haven't got your tickets yet, get them. How about that? Get them. And, uh, I want to get some shout outs in there. I want to thank Herky, uh, and Andrea. I want to thank Anna and Holly all for your emails. And then Dylan, David, Kylie, I hope I'm saying that right. Kendra, Louisa, Kylie, um, different actual Kylie, and then Laurel on Facebook. Uh, you guys, thank you so much, and thanks for everyone who wished me well after I reported I had food poisoning. I uh, I did recover. It was a disgusting ordeal, and I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy, and I don't have any enemies. Uh, listen to this episode. Enjoy. I adore Aya Cash. Uh, that should come as no surprise to any of you since I have constantly talked about how much I love the cast of uh, You're the Worst, which will be coming back for a season three, so super, super excited about that. And uh, you know what? I'm going to shut my app, and uh, wish you a happy new year now entering nerdist.com I was going to say, I, I, this is what I was wanted to say, I'm just going to start recording, is that um, so you can't always tell from high school pictures, especially if someone is, like, it's just a senior picture. Like, I feel like if you looked at my senior picture, you wouldn't get a sense of what my personality was, because it was sort of, oh, I guess I should wear this blue sweater because it's bland and i you know at that point i think i was less interested in making a huge statement but when you sent me your teenage picture i couldn't have been less surprised <laughs> and i also was like oh my god i we would have been friends there's no question <laughs> in my mind that we would have been friends but how am i right or am i super wrong uh, based on the zero you know about me being a teenager
1: yeah i was about to say i need more information in order to decide well these did you dye know. your hair black
0: i never dyed my hair black but i did dye it like blue okay and kind of orange, yeah. Because I had light colored hair I was always afraid to go super black And I had Mm -hmm. like the best friend who sort of was the darker mm-hmm. one. Like she had very pale skin and she her hair was brown, so when she dyed it black, she looked like Robert Smith. <laughs> in a good way. <laughs> um what it
1: do you now yeah, the, no, we the definitely photo
0: were. in question is that you had at some point shaved your head or yes, at I least shaved, m- shaved it down to I had
1: shaved I had shaved my head twice. I didn't bick it or anything. It wasn't uh-huh. like to skin. Uh-huh. But, and it was definitely not a skin. You head. were rubbing not a Jewish rubbing skinhead. shaving cream <laughs> on your uh, yeah. scalp. Um I shaved it twice. The first was I think I was like at the end of my 14th year, maybe 15, but I think 14 still. And, um, I was like, this is a statement for all of womankind. I have really pretty hair. Let's just be real. You do have very I good, have really good hair. hair. And, um, uh, I got a lot of attention for it. No, I like I had How long was your hair before you shaved it. Then uh, I had been cutting it a little bit, so it was yeah. probably a little past chin length mm-hmm. by that time. But like I grew up with like long, beautiful blonde hair, mm-hmm. sort of that like that blonde that everyone gets highlights for. I had right. this gorgeous hair, and people were always complimenting my hair. And so at fourteen. You know, I was trying to be rebellious, and I was like, "Fuck this!" Like, I can be beautiful as a woman, and like, I don't need this, and yada yada. I mean, and I think that's a, I think that's in a weird way, that's a, a, a totally
0: understandable thing to do at that age, but also now as a, as a, an adult that still seems more mature than maybe I would have given 14-year-olds credit for. Like, there's a good combination of sort of, of course you did, but also, like, good for
1: you. Yeah, yes and no. Like, I also think it was, like, as much as it was a supposed statement for all of womankind, it was also a way to... Differentiate myself and be special Like I definitely valued In a a very immature way The idea of being different I thought like no like I'm I'm gonna be the one Everyone who's that girl with the shaved head Here's the question though is
0: I mean are you gonna tell me That when Sinead O'Connor shaved her head There was no part of her That was like and I'm gonna be different And by the way I know I'm a beautiful girl Like there's no way She is gorgeous with no makeup and I guess the question becomes what what takes you to the point like how much confidence not just about inner confidence but also about the feedback you've been given by no choice of your own Mm -hmm. but just by the world we live in what feedback informs the strength of character or the decision to say I can do this, and, I, and you know what? I'm still going to feel good about myself. I don't know that those are more... I think those are more intertwined than the most, you know,
1: altruistic person wants to maybe admit. No, completely. I mean, I think they're sort of two sides to the same coin. It's kind of, Have you ever heard of the Enneagram? I don't know. I'm not going to get culty so. on you. It's not like Ooh, that kind of let's shit. Let's do it. It's, it's, um, I'm already shaving my <laughs> head as you're starting to talk about it. No. i mean, It's kind of a tangent, but it's a Sufi Muslim uh, personality type system. There's nine numbers. All the numbers represent good and bad, but there's sort of two sides of a personality. So okay. basically, if you are good at this, you are also probably struggle with this. Oh,
0: that's very horoscopy too. too. Yeah, not totally. in a bad way. Yeah. yeah. And
1: I, I grew up in San Francisco, so like, there's definitely a hippy-dippy element to to my upbringing. Yeah. And and the, uh, that's what I think of of that. It's like for everything that you do that looks like one thing, there's also the other, I love other that. side. God,
0: I love that. I, I, that's not something that's been articulated to me before, but I think that's what... That's like the defense that I use when I sort of joke about horoscopes because in no way would I ever meet someone and go, well, she's a Gemini. Those are tricky for me. There's no real, that doesn't go any deeper than sort of like an amusement kind of slight like 2% like maybe there is something that, but it's not any, if someone tasked me with saying, "Jenna, are you telling me that every person who was born at the same time as you in the world on the same day in the same year is like eerily similar to you because of the way the stars were aligned. Yeah. I would say no please don't ask me that because no you would dig but, this then
1: because it's it's basically like you get to decide who you are and yeah. it's informing about yourself and you're all and so numbers do you say so so how does that work would you say i'm i'm
0: this number like numerology like i'm just this number or you
1: would sort of be this number with a with like wings to other numbers but you're also they acknowledge that you are all of these things yeah. and it's basically however it's useful to you so mm-hmm. it's a system like uh, Like, you know, that you can take a test and be like, I'm more likely to do this Mm -hmm. and I'm more likely to do that. That's what I love about Scientology. Yeah. Just kidding. Yeah. Me too. I lost a boyfriend to Scientology. (laughs) Did you really? Oh God. How old? I don't know if we can go there. That's teen years actually. Oh, well, we're going to have to. (laughs) We'll
0: remain unnamed. Um, Uh, Yeah. When did you learn about that?
1: Scientology? No,
0: the Sufi Muslim uh, n- uh, number.
1: I, gr- I can't even remember. My dad and my stepmom liked it. My dad's a and my stepmom both are Buddhist teachers and are into sort of everything mm-hmm. a, a little bit. Um, and so I, it was like a dinner game. Like if I brought a boyfriend home, we'd be like, what number is he? Uh-huh. And seeing your connections with people. And then also I actually found it and very uh, this is a very small part and not like something i necessarily think about all the time but i do use it in acting where i think about sure. like oh what number what are they tool. and like wow look i can use all these sort of traits that come with yeah, that yeah, to yeah. sort of flush something I out think that's
0: a great tool because so many of us i mean isn't that really what speaking of that what number and what Positive and negative does something like classification have for us? It's mm-hmm. like on on the positive end, it creates a familiarity with something, a comfort with something, and an ability to understand and empathize with it. But the, uh, on the other hand, it creates prejudices, mm-hmm. it creates stereotypes, mm-hmm. it creates. I mean, that's in and of itself yeah. a perfect example of that sort of double edge. But the great part that is d- that, that actually,
1: the thing that I like about it is that they all live together. Mm-hmm. That it's actually like if you're good at this thing, like part of what being good at this thing is being not so good at this thing yeah and that that's actually Embracing all connected. your weaknesses and
0: your strengths and being more forgiving of yourself for having those or exactly can i ask you what you uh i'm a four
1: <laughs> what I does it feel like
0: tell me i can't and tell me I, what you've I, got i got it. yeah you remember it's nine numbers you said
1: it's nine numbers four four is our what if um, you're like there's 73 numbers <laughs> i will go through and list every single one <laughs> fascinating podcast we'll get to the scientology story later um the uh, I'm a four, which is sort of the artistic v- incredibly emotional as we've seen. I was crying to Janet earlier today, um but uh, super emotional and sort of rash in many ways and and ruled by our emotions is, mm-hmm. is the negative part mm-hmm. um, but also uh very artistic and creative and interested in in that mm-hmm. uh so that's sort of just the very like tip of the iceberg yeah. on that um but all and and you hear some numbers like the one are the number one is like a type a personality mm-hmm. usually so like i know that's not me mm-hmm. you know immediately sort of the traits that are described there yeah but they're also, I mean, they get a lot of shit done. They yeah, like make yeah. things happen. They create a lot yeah. because they're on top of tasks organize I mean, organized. I to, I'm going to need you to tell me what,
0: <laughs> two, three, four. Nope, you said four. Oh two, three, five. I, I mean, I'm six, trying to remember. Number. I don't
1: do, you know, it's not like I play the game. Every, I know. So two is like the kind of mother figure, mm-hmm. but also like really caretaking of everyone, but also gives love to get love. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of sort of martyr yep. behavior. Yep. I
0: really do love this. Yeah. Any ones that you remember and no one is going to say... I'm sorry. We you have, you, we have to we have to we have to make a lot of corrections. This is not yeah, an I mean, article I'm giving in a generalizations. Yeah.
1: Three is like a leader, mm-hmm. um, but also a lot of ego mm-hmm. involved. Four, I described. Five, I believe, is super, um, super in their heads, like mm-hmm. really knowledgeable people who are like into math over humans. Mm-hmm. Like pers- the the interesting thing I find about the system is that um, people it really illuminates how people think differently that like my biggest thing is my relationships with people. Like that's where I draw all like sense of like being a human Mm -hmm. is my friendships and my love relationships and my family. Whereas someone who's a five, like knowledge is their number one. Yeah. And that's just different. Like I read a lot. I, you know, participate, but I'm not, I, that's not where I think life is in the same way. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah And there's like fear types And there, there, there's a whole Another system I mean there's a whole Another sort of Like layer of this Where there's like Three numbers at a time That are like fear based And you can be mm. Counterphobic mm-hmm. Google it <laughs> <laughs> But yeah I mean I do, could go on But we don't want to do The whole thing
0: <laughs> And do you feel like you Is that And that's something That you feel has been Consistent for you From when you were little You can sort of Look at that and go This feels like um, at the core, not to say again, I'm not saying Mm -hmm. this is your, I've figured out the foundation for your faith in the world and life, but uh, figure it out. uh, But I'm sure that other people might go through more transformations in their lives where they're like, God, I would have maybe said that when I was 16, I was this kind of person. But strangely, now that I, you know, 20 years later, I'm this kind of person or whatever. And I'm, I'm wondering if that's,
1: yeah, Something I mean, feels generally like it. it stays semi-consistent.
0: I mean, And I wonder if that informs it. Like, I always say that about, uh, sorry to interrupt you, yeah. this is what happens when I get excited to talk to someone, <laughs> then they don't talk because yeah. I'm talking. I like uh, to hear you talk. Uh, but no, I just think, that I was just talking about that uh, with someone about horoscopes too, is I was like, he said, you know, I, I said, listen, I, I'm not saying that this is something that has been created like guiding principles for my life. Yeah. But I do think it's interesting for the same reason you just said about the numbers is if that's something that gets forced on you, it's not something I sought out. It's just for whatever reasons, people in my life wanted me to know that mm-hmm. I behaved like a true Aquarius. Yeah, <laughs> but, there's, but because that's presented in a here's the upside and here's the downsides way, if you're talking to someone who's really into it yeah same kind of ideas like giving yourself permission both to be the best of that and to be the worst of that and it makes me wonder how much if that kind of gets embedded early how much of that ends up informing choices that you mm-hmm. make versus oh well my character is that i would do that so i yeah. did it but it's like but someone also told you your character mm-hmm. was that when you were seven yeah
1: so what i you wonder if you yeah
0: because what if someone said if you really believe that stuff and then someone said Honey, we got your birth certificate totally wrong. I'm so sorry. You're actually, yeah. you know, a Libra with Capricorn rising, and blah blah blah. If you if you were someone who really believed in that, if you'd go, holy shit.
1: Who am I? Completely. I made and, all these choices, kind of thinking, you know, I was this. And especially because we're talking about teen years, and and that's when I was sort of most into it. You you think about like needing to identify with things in your teen years. I feel like I spent a lot of my teen years being like, I am this and not that. I am that and not this. Absolutely. I am like my mother in this way. I'm not like her in this way because yeah. you're just constantly trying to redefine yourself. I like this music, so I can have these friends, mm-hmm. uh, which is not not necessarily real but you have to try on a bunch of different hats yeah. in order to figure out who the fuck you are. Well, that's
0: why I say too about that time is that it's interesting cuz it's like you're almost your most fearful and your most fearless at the same time. Totally. You know, it's 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 such an extreme. I feel I took more chances, more recklessly, more creatively maybe in some ways, but was also so much more bound by identity and like, oh god, who am I and you know, do I, am I a person who dries their hair blue? Am I? Yeah. But now I would be like, you know what? I don't know if I am. Maybe I am,
1: but or I not Or that doesn't, doesn't mean anything about me as a person, whether Absolutely. i dye my hair blue. That's the, the difference, right? Is I think about, and my dad has talked a lot about this. I said my dad's a, a Buddhist teacher. I think that's um, wonderful. Yeah, he's wonderful. I Is it, I, he at a specific uh, institution in San Francisco? Uh, he teaches at San Francisco Insight. He teaches at Spirit Rock. Um he uh he's sort of under jack cornfield mm-hmm. is sort of the method of Vipassana yeah, yeah. meditation um he uh has talked a lot about identity and he actually he was in an accident a couple of years ago and he had a traumatic brain injury oh wow and um what's so interesting is that after that injury he He came back in a miraculous way, in a way that people actually don't come back. You know, where the doctors were like, we don't know if he'll ever recover. And I was Mm. like, excuse me, Mm -hmm. that's not an option. And he really came back. He's like 95% back. But his personality changed a bit. And it's interesting to think of like what what was the reaction to the accident and what was the traumatic brain injury. And when we talk about it, he talks about identity. And he talks about identity in a way that is there is something that is – just you that has nothing to do in some ways with even your personality yeah. like that, but what is the thing that is just you? Yeah. Oh man, I could really go off on that in a
0: somewhat <laughs> end up scared way.
1: Yeah, me too. Yeah. And you know, my dad has been practicing Buddhism for 35, 40 years. I mean, he is, um, whatever you want to say about like what people do religiously or to take care of themselves or self help. Like there's scientific evidence that meditating actually changes your brain chemistry Absolutely. and what he is able, how he is able to think about the self is, is kind of amazing and not something that I am able to do. Yeah.
0: Um, do you feel like you're harder on yourself than someone else would be because you have that example right in front of you in a more close way than some of us would?
1: Uh, maybe it's interesting i'm so i as a teen specifically i was so completely identified with my mother and not my father did both of them still live in san francisco yeah but not together right right so you did yet they share custody yeah okay um although i moved basically in with my mom once i hit 13 brothers and sisters none yeah me neither yeah oh good. <laughs> no wonder we're,
0: no, no, we're both crazy um, no like <laughs> internal <laughs> wink we both have yeah. like that's mm-hmm. why we're both crazy in the same way
1: yeah <laughs> um so uh yeah they i i don't ever i have such a hard time associating any sort of part of myself with my dad in a in a comparison way Like We separated Really when I was 13 In an interesting way Like I was like I don't want to live here anymore I mm-hmm. want to live with my mom Oh and so, so you did live with them All the way up till 13 I, Yeah we lived Half and a half mm-hmm. Like three days a week Three days a week Switch mm-hmm. off every Saturday mm-hmm. And then I Once I hit 13 I said I want to Live with my mom And we were supposed to do Sort of every other weekend Or every weekend With my dad Which sort of Went on and off Because of my choice
0: What did If you, you don't mind my asking What
1: uh, prompted that for he you He was much Mm-hmm. My mom was freer. I was allowed to, you know, see certain movies with her that I wasn't allowed to see with him. I was allowed to sort of do certain things. And, um, and again, I was super identified with my mom, who is like, you know, a crazy poet, like novelist who, you know, has tattoos and is very, um, emotional and very you know and and I was like I am that I mean I wrote the stupidest fucking poetry in my teenage oh, years about like Dirty, nasty things that I had no idea about like sure. about drinking whiskey sure. and the cracked lips and sitting on santa claus 's lap and like him having a boner. I had no clue, no, <laughs> but I, I thought you, that was... if you were like, and I brought that poem and i 'm going to read it right here, I, that would be the best Christmas present of all time no for me. i don 't have it, but like I, that my mom wrote actually like my mom is an incredible writer and yeah. an artist. And she wrote about dark stuff and I was like, Oh, that's like what real mm-hmm, art is. Mm-hmm. So I was doing that and I, I, you know, it's still hard for me because I was so identified during a, a very sort of, um, early part of my time. life formative yeah, formative time yeah. that I can't even, th- I'm like, Oh yeah, my dad, like what, what is my reaction to him being a Buddhist? Like, huh? I never. I don't think about it.
0: What's interesting to me too is that, and I don't know if I'm speaking for other listeners or if this is just my weird thing, but like, I I was surprised when you said your dad was strict because somehow in my mind I was like, God, Buddhism—it's just so <laughs> gentle and like, you know, accepting and patient, yeah. and you know, there's a sort of like, well, maybe my person. The great thing about Buddhists I know, is that there is this sort of sense of look, this sport works for me. In a, in the most extreme example, I appreciate mm-hmm. you know. Uh, A Christian who would say the same thing but there is this sort of general kind of listen I don't I'm not going to tell you how to live your life this is this is what works for me and this is these are the sort of principles that I feel are important so in my mind there was a little moment of like oh Oh, really yeah because we had the flip-flop my Uh mom was super strict Uh and my dad was much less strict and the other thing that popped into my mind when you said all this was like oh god I've identified so strongly with my dad for so long what if part of that was just like wanting to get away with more or wanting to be trusted more or wanting to do more stuff yeah. socially? And I put it on my mom as like, oh, we're just so dissimilar. And what if as a teenager, I was just like, I can't smoke. I can get away with smoking behind
1: her back the way I can. Like, oh no, yeah. how careless of me. Or, but also, I mean, speaking of hard on yourself, <laughs> you like, I should have been better know, as, as a, a 14 a teen, year old. I should have known. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, um, I'm sure that that's part of it, but also in some ways it's the best thing that ever happened to my relationship with my dad, because we got to like develop an adult relationship mm. early. Yeah. And so we have a very calm, not, um, you know, not super dramatic, Relationship all through my 20s, whereas my mom I sort of broke up with in my 20s, and it was really tough for both of us. And I love her desperately. There's not, you know, a, and we're in a very good place now, but like there were some very hard years where I had to say, like, no, I don't believe that. I don't right. think that. And did I don't you feel want that, that you
0: had a more of a, not, not uh, obviously she was your mom, but mm-hmm. did you feel you had more of a friendship with her, or did you feel that she was um, very maternal still, even though there was this kind of artistic stuff going on, this emotional stuff. Yeah, was,
1: I mean, my mom loved me desperately. That was never in question. Yeah. I was never like, I felt very important to her. Yeah. Yeah. Maternal is not the right word. Um, And there was definitely a friendship. I'd say there was sort of mutual caretaking.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that's a great way of putting that kind of relationship.
1: Yeah. But very meshed. Yeah. 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 In a way that was like, you can't actually survive in your 20s. I guess that's what I mean. Is that
0: sort of, because there have been times when uh, even as an, as a, as a, as a burgeoning adult, as a person in my Mm -hmm. early 20s, um, I don't think my dad will listen to this particular episode, but I think that he gave me the credit of being an adult that maybe I wasn't quite yet. And mm-hmm. so there were definitely times where like, I felt like not to say it was a TMI situation yeah. in any kind of a, a, empirical sense, but there was that maybe without being able to put my finger on it, there was a discomfort of like, I don't know if I'm ready to be the support that he needs. And I, I, I I couldn't have articulated it at the time. It was like what a what a nice thing for him to think I was more mature than I was, but mm-hmm. also sort of feel helpless by it. Like oh I'm that's my dad. I don't know what to say to this problem he's having. Or yeah.
1: do you know what I mean? Yeah, completely. It's hard because yeah, I had the same. I was like is my mom going to listen to this? Like well, I don't want. <laughs> I just love her, and I don't want to say anything that might hurt her feelings or that feels like an overstep. Um, I also. Um, My mom is a writer, and I I said this before, but it's so bizarre because I'm used to her being the person who people are listening to Mm -hmm. so her story of me gets told actually a lot and we had we've had fights about it yeah payback time use me (laughs) well no i just like in her poetry or she'll use parts of me and things there's an interesting parallel we were talking
0: before we started the podcast of this kind of odd place where you sort of got thrust into this kind of comedy world where a lot of people know each other or there's these things that are normal that start to feel normal in that world that aren't necessarily normal for someone coming from your background um and that's that's the that's a weird parallel right is that like a comedian gets yelled at by you know his wife or her husband because she talks about personal things in this very public way. And it becomes like, is this what I signed up for? Like, I don't know. I don't know that that's what I had in mind that you would be talking about this, this or this, you know, that was hard for you with me or whatever.
1: Yeah. And yet you want to, you don't want to stifle people's art. I mean, like in their artistic expression and yet you're like, wait, but that's mine. You don't get that. Absolutely, it's, it's a complicated thing. So yeah, I get worried talking about her in, in any sort of... Look, I just did a... I did Conan, and all I did was talk about her. Uh-huh. Um, but she... But not in any deep way. Yeah. Like, we're going to be honest. It wasn't, like, right. a deep conversation about, like, the psychology between my mother and I and, like... and And so I'm fine just, like, talking about, like you know, her, the, the sort of anecdotal things sure. like she's got tattoos right, and she's a right. badass poet and she right. wrote a story for, for penthouse like that, that feels comfortable to me. And then the other stuff, and it, and it's also, and we were sort of talking about this a little bit before the podcast, just like, this is all very new sort of the, the idea of being in any way public and what, um, I am a question answer. Like, I don't even know that I can't answer a question. If someone asks me like Kether yeah. during an interview once was like, that's a stupid question. And I was like trying to answer whether or not, oh like boys were worse than girls like which is the stupidest question like and but i was like i have to come up with an I answer for that the same i and really admire someone what is who's private? just like i don't want to
0: answer that so you know, by the way if you yeah. walk away from no, no, this podcast no, no. You're like, I, god damn it
1: i wouldn't i don't i don't feel taken yeah. advantage of it in any way with you i'm just like it comes up and I i'm like oh, what sense. do i want to share what yeah. is just mine yeah yeah and yet wanting to also if you are in any way public and like, you know, I'm public to like 10 people. I understand. But like uh, wanting to be honest and wanting to like give something of yourself that is honest rather than sort of perpetrate the, the fantasy of like what, what, our jobs are what our lives are you know and wanting to be honest about that and yet also not wanting to to give up something of yourself that you feel like is is just should be just yours
0: yeah that's a great question I welcome to my podcast and (laughs) the struggle that 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 this is a little bit in that way um which is that I I've had to just let that I mean I guess I let that go because I I was like it now feels more natural to me to just, but having said that, and you guys know who are listening Mm -hmm. uh, to acknowledge that that's actually happening. Um, I don't really talk about my, my life and my feelings and my heart necessarily now, but Mm -hmm. I do think that there's so much stuff that just comes in as an, as kind of like a, Oh, okay. Well, I don't necessarily have to know her words on what she feels about this, but based on, all of this stuff she said before i have a good sense of who she is and what she might feel about this and um and that's that the hardest part for me is feeling like i've now you're interviewing me what but (laughs) to put to put this out there on a regular basis i think a lot of podcasters who talk about um their real feelings versus Mm -hmm. doug loves movies which by the way is such a fun podcast and i wouldn't want to always listen to me yammering on about you know feelings but um is the sense of in a very specific way like it's not just like if i saw tom hanks on the street that i would feel like i knew him because i grew up watching him Mm -hmm. but it's also like if i had grown up you know not even grown up but if i had listened to tom hanks talk about his life for you know a couple hundred hours or whatever then i would feel like that uh, that imbalance is hard for me when someone comes up and they love the podcast and i want to feel known I want that person to feel known to me in a way I they can't. Yeah. And so that's hard when someone rec- has a recognition of you in their eyes mm-hmm. and you can't give it back because you're like, I don't know anything about you. Yeah. But I love that you love the podcast and I love that you're out there enjoying it and that you can relate to it and that you love the guests and you're inspired by them and you appreciate their honesty. Yeah. And I can't hear the story of your life because you can't tell it and I can't hear it in five minutes that we're meeting. Yeah. It's an interesting... It's an interesting thing. It's definitely, uh, I hate to say meta, but there is something kind of like the thinking about that. If I thought about that more than I do, I probably would just stop doing the podcast.
1: Yeah. I, well, in some ways, if you think about anything in this business, you'll talk yourself out of being in it. I mean, like it's just so bizarre. You're like, wait, no, I'm not gonna, wait, I'm going to fake fuck on TV. Like Mm, I'm going to take off my clothes and put pasties on and like fake have sex with a man in front of a bunch of other men. Like, no, I'm not going to do that that's silly and crazy yeah and yet you do it (laughs) i mean (laughs) but you just can't think about it too much yeah and like i'm glad i mean not that you can't be sort of aware and thoughtful but in some ways it helps not to sort of
0: yeah go back move backwards in that way and i will say this for every moment that uh feels suddenly like wait a minute this is there's something weird about this or i don't am i comfortable with this Getting a, a note from someone who's like, hey, I just want you to know that when, you know, Kether said this happened to her or she went through that or whatever, mm-hmm. and I hadn't heard that spoken about in that way before I felt really understood and known and, and that yeah. made me feel braver, then I'm like, it was worth it. You know what yeah. I mean? It's Completely. No, I'm just saying it's someone else's story. So I'm like, yeah. it was worth it for me to drag <laughs> that out of someone else. But it feels like, oh, yeah. that is what the best part of what we do is, which is to create this intimacy with someone it's the number thing right it's like yeah. the upside is the mm-hmm. intimacy and the downside is the intimacy mm-hmm. you know completely tell me more about um the arc of kind of you in your high school years did you did you did you kind of go in this direction sort of stay there whatever that direction is uh-huh. and th- or did you kind of go well now i'm this or maybe i like this or da, 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 by the time you you finished
1: so it started with a head shave and it ended with a head shave Beautiful. but for drastically Symmetry. different reasons oh really yes so that sounds like it
0: could be the beginning of your autobiography. <laughs>
1: it started with a head shave and it ended. It. Um, it's uh, it was uh, yeah. I sort of started. I I was I was obnoxious. I was like not 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 judging even that. Like yeah. I was actually obnoxious uh-huh. <laughs> like nobody would deny that <laughs> that uh, i went to high school with what school were you going to i went to an arts it? high school perfect the most obnoxious perfect. kind oh please um, no such thing and uh i went to an arts high school and i was very loud and very like i sang in the hallways i danced i wore a superman cape to school with oh. vintage silk pajamas and a toothbrush around my neck wow not that's to use so specific. just as a necklace that I thought was clever <laughs> I mean like really trying hard to be different <laughs> and that's wonderful <laughs> is it
0: um, it is now
1: <laughs> and then oh God, I, I actually amazing. saw a video of myself on one Thanksgiving with like my half grown out buzz cut and I like walk in surly and I give my mom a hug and my mom bursts out laughing and she says to everyone else in the video I had just said just kill me. Like, I was like, very dramatic. Amazing. Um, And yeah, like I wasn't actually punk or goth. Like I, I ended up sort of with a group of guy friends and, um, through my, the boyfriend that I had through most of high school and like everyone was into underground hip hop and that's what I listened to. But I looked like a little punk girl mm-hmm. I had like the long chain too for many years. And, um, but musically I was sort of at odds with what I looked like. Hmm. Um, although I guess I listened to An- Ani DeFranco too. So that's that a- was but right. I mean, I don't
0: see her putting a Superman cape on, so no, but she had a shaved head. So. She did have a shaved head. There's another um, good
1: example. Uh, yeah I loved Ani I mean I feel like Ani has gotten such a bad rap because at some point in in every man's life someone has quoted an Ani song (laughs) in a breakup (laughs) she's really talented yeah um but uh yeah a lot of underground hip-hop and I had this group of friends I did a lot of drugs um a lot of did your mom know that you were doing drugs mm, a little bit yeah uh
0: yeah and so she was permissive in the sort of like, I trust you to make the Yes right and decision. no. She was like, don't
1: this. smoke cigarettes. You can smoke pot once in a while. But then, of course, when she, f- she was very much like, everything's okay until she found out for sure it was happening. Right. So like when they I found pot, they sat That's down and they were like, what any parent and it who really wasn't real. my pot, like right. for real. And I was like, motherfucker, ah. they're never going to believe ah. me. But, uh, so smoked a lot of pot. Did a lot of ecstasy. It was like a rave time, too. I went through that. I never was a candy raver, mm-hmm. like visually, but I. So well, you wore a toothbrush, but not a uh, little uh, pacifier? Yeah. N- no, I didn't do the pacifier, <laughs> but I did, like, you know, wear like a sports bra and big baggy jeans for great. a bit. Great, great, um, great. So I did that for a while. Nothing makes you feel old. Like the name of the drug that you did in high school changing, like everyone is now doing Molly. And and I was like, what is Molly? Yeah. Yeah. It's like ecstasy, but pure. It's just M D. Anyway. So I did ecstasy, which dates me. Uh (laughs) Um, And nothing really hard drugs wise, uh, but I was very experimental. Shrooms were like a very big part of my spiritual awakening Mm -hmm. as a teen. And like, I think was actually a very good thing for Mm -hmm. me and, and still think that. Yeah. Um, And it helped that, like, by the time I went to college, I was sort of not into... I was like, "Mm, I've done all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, all you getting away from home for the first time. Yep, 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 yep. I can Um, definitely relate to that. Yeah. All of those things are true for me, except I did LSD instead of X. So, I made a promise to my dad when I was 14 that I would not do LSD until after I was 18, because Hmm. he was like, your brain is still going he's like don't do it he I did understand. a lot of lsd yeah you know, he was a dirty hippie Uh uh-huh. um so i didn't do lsd till i was 19 and then i thought oh i want to live my life on this drug and i thought nope can't do that again <laughs> yeah yeah great
0: yeah really good. i really yeah i don't know it's interesting. I, I didn't do... Uh, I'm trying to remember how much of shrooms I did when I was in high school. I think mm-hmm. not much. And then in college, right before, like very early on, because my freshman year, I had to stop taking them because I started freaking out. Yeah. Any drug. Um, I think that was more of like a northern Arizona, which is where I went to school mm-hmm. for the first couple of years Uh, thing. And... Somehow I had convinced myself that, and these guys know this is like old news, but that somehow LSD seemed like the smartest, safest choice because it was like
1: manufactured by
0: <laughs> like, well, originally it was used for, you know, but I have no idea
1: what it Ecstasy did my Ecstasy was originally used for couples therapy. There you go. Same. Yeah. Uh, very similar and to those they They've now done all these studies. There's this great article. I can't remember where it is, but there's, uh, it's all about giving, um, Terminal uh, patients, I ecstasy. I read right? it, and I, mean, I brought ecstasy, it up. Trooms. Shrooms. Yeah, that idea of finding a way to
0: feel like you're part of something bigger. Yeah, and to feel a different kind of spiritual acceptance about the things that. Where most all of us are the most afraid of, even in their in the abstract, is yeah. this idea of consciousness, right? What yeah. your dad was talking about, like yeah. how how am I who I am? How much of that is inside my body? Is some of it ephemeral? Is any of it real? Do I does anything happen to me after I die? Did it mean anything? Yeah, all that kind of stuff. Well, and the, like, the
1: lessons stay with you. What I loved about that article was that, like it's not just something you feel on the drug. Like when I'm high, I'll think I'm like coming up with the meaning of life, and then I'll read my you know notes, and I'm like <laughs> that. Was really dumb. <laughs> yeah, but shrooms, you actually learn lessons that, like, you know, they it's said a it's year like later, sort stay of sticks in. It's where it hits your
0: brain. It's so, I, I feel like if I had been a scientist, that would have been like the most interesting thing is sort of understanding. Yeah altered states of consciousness and how each one like where it lights up your brain Mm -hmm. and where it records things versus things that, you know, just sort of float away and you're like, "Mm, that wasn't so great, you know?
1: Yeah, I I haven't done shrooms in many, many years and I really, I would like to do them again. You know, you do them in nature, you do them with someone you love, you don't like, it's not like a party drug, but I would like to do that again just because I'm like, hmm, I wonder what my self now would get from that sort of experience. Um, so I think like drugs can be great. And especially when you're trying on all these different sort of personalities. Yeah. Like Some of it's okay to experiment with. Yeah. And I think
0: the question just becomes, and I understand this from an adult point of view is yeah. like the value judgments that come outside of that. Yeah. That would be really hard for me as a parent. I think I'd probably be like your mom because I feel so connected to the teenage person that I was. I want to think that I would go, you know what? I went through this. I get what's happening with you and I know you have to go through it yourself. And then every instinctual maternal part of me would be like, but don't get into a car with someone you don't know. Like all the stuff that you can't control when you're in that headspace anyway I always joke about it. Like I wouldn't take it back and I don't encourage people to do it because I don't want to be feel responsible for someone making a bad decision. (laughs) Yes,
1: Don't do drugs. You know what
0: I mean? But like at the same time, I, you know, I know that there are things that I, I I know I endangered myself Mm -hmm. and I was lucky not to have something happen, but I also wouldn't take it back.
1: Yeah. I used to, my, my like weird moral rationale about like driving, like I didn't have a license, so I was always driving. My friends were driving and, um, I would get in a a car with someone who's high but not drunk because right. like drunk was bad but yeah. like what no I know. don't get know. in a car with somebody know, who's high I know. you do stupid shit and also people feel y- you look at 15 year olds now and you're like you're doing what I know. no <laughs> I know. like that's what being an adult is you're like absolutely not yeah. I mean I would never encourage a 15 year old and yet it was like a good thing for me once in a while <sighs> yeah
0: well what's the so weird it's, what's funny for me is that I think I don't know if I'm more if my uh, knee jerk response as an adult to young person behavior Mm -hmm. is more uh shocked by i think i'm more shocked by sex than i am Mm -hmm. by you know drugs or anything like that which is also sort of like i i mean i would i i know what i was doing and i wasn't super advanced for my age as these guys know but i still now look at a 14 year old girl and not that I lost my Virginia when I was fourteen, you're but like, I could've You have. should not see a penis yeah, I, I, at fourteen. You yeah. I sort of look at him like, is that we all sort yeah. of do that now after a certain age where you're yeah. like, Is that what I
1: look like? Did I look that yeah. young? Well, and oh I God. look at me now. So like You think must be back like then. I was a fetus. Yeah. <laughs> I mean I was someone but with, you had the same uh, boyfriend you said
0: for most of high school. That's I think a little unusual.
1: Yeah, I had a I had a two year relationship with with a drug dealer perfect I mean he was perfect uh he he was a troubled guy, but ultimately was like a very mostly like good safe relationship like my first sexual experiences were very very like positive mm-hmm. and and about like experimenting and like my pleasure was a part of that mm-hmm. in a way that like I feel like a lot of people didn't have that sort of healthy thing yeah. like I was in a long term relationship, I loved him. Mm-hmm. He might have been, you know, a troubled dude and a drug uh-huh. dealer at that point. But he also, like, we had something real and, and, uh, and the sexual experiences were very positive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really grateful that, for that. It wasn't until I got to college and I dated someone who was really fucked up about sex. that yeah. I was like, You're like oh, fuck, oh, oh, I can also I'm- be like this. Great. Yeah. And that took me a while to get over. you get getting used to it. Well, sure like, sure oh yeah this is bad sex so well these is- guys
0: know that i didn't i had a i just did a weird thing where i and i won't overly repeat myself but mm-hmm. i i didn't I did it and then I didn't do it for Mm -hmm. another and I don't ever remember making the decision for like a year after I was having sex with someone Yeah, then I just didn't do it and I never thought to myself It was not a conscious like you know what I wasn't ready or I don't want to do that again anytime Mm -hmm. soon it just somehow didn't happen with anyone that I kind of dated until a year later and I think that's sort of I wonder what that's about because
1: well, that's it, actually maybe that's just happened, a good you know natural I mean? reaction. Yeah. Like, you did something, you were, like, not sure about it, and then you waited until you wanted to do it with someone yeah. again. who, who I just never, felt never worth thought it.
0: about that. Like, I felt ready when I did it, and I continued to feel... You know what I'm saying? It just wasn't... There are certain things you can track where you go... I knew that you know I didn't feel good about it and mm-hmm. so I just kind of waited but I just didn't I don't remember thinking that I, I remember yeah. feeling like I did it when I did it and yeah. I'm fine with it and yeah. why and 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 never even asking myself like why don't I want to sleep with this guy yeah if I if I've now slept with someone yeah
1: like why don't I want that all the time sorry well, I'm just looking also, for a pin let's that I'm be real finding. it's super disappointing the first time <laughs> I mean like, it's just is yeah. like you think sex is this thing and like it's just not that yeah. like it's not the thing you ever think it is so yeah. even if it's good even if it's like you Know, you have an attentive lover. Right. <laughs> like, I hate that word. But, like, it, it's yeah. just not going to be great. And yeah. I. I'm not going to tell you the story of losing my virginity until we're done with this podcast. Fair, but fair, fair, fair. I have a funny story about it. Um, um, and and so what? Uh, so your friends
0: were what? What were you doing? Kind of theater stuff then? Or yeah, you, I mean, I was
1: I was at a performing arts high school right. for theater. I was doing it Shakespeare. Was performing arts? Okay, I didn't know if it was you said arts. I, and no, 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 sure it's an it arts high school. Arts I'm just a that. narcissist. It was a, it was an arts <laughs> <Fair>. high school. <laughs> um, that's, that's fair. There were visual artists. Gotcha. gotcha. There was tech artists. <laughs> there were lesser artists. Visual <laughs> artists, etc. I'm dick. Uh, um the uh yeah so i went to a, a, an arts high school and did that mean what kind of curriculum did that mean that you just didn't have s-
0: base uh, certain other basic curriculum no we curriculum.
1: had everything i okay. took russian bizarrely That's exciting. enough exciting yeah that was
0: i can't imagine that was an option at my yeah. school.
1: wonderful i just said i don't speak russian very well i can still speak like you know 14 year old basics but um it's
0: better than i can do yeah Also, very uh, identified as a very sort of rich, sort of sexy, tempestuous. Like the Scorpio
1: of languages. (laughs) I don't know. I lived with a crazy. So we had roommates when I was growing up. Um, You know, my mom had an apartment and then we had someone else living in the apartment. Oh, wow. That's
0: interesting. I guess that that couldn't make more sense for San Francisco, but it's not something. Well, San Francisco wasn't that
1: expensive back then. Right. My mom, I mean, we just didn't have any money. So it was like a way to pay the bills. And um, what area of San Francisco did you live in? Roughly. All over. I grew up in the Castro. Okay. And then I was. Richmond, North Beach, um, sunset, lower hate. I mean like all over the place. Yeah. Uh, did you have, this is a gross yeah.
0: question that maybe you've even asked before, but, um, did you have an understanding of the Castro as it related to sort of late eighties, AIDS and early nineties and what that meant? and,
1: no i i mean not when i was i was living there I lived there until age ten um, oh, okay no but i I was profound i had like the opposite of everyone else in America, which is that homosexuality was the norm like sure. i didn't i didn't ever question in the that. same way that yeah in the same way that people don't question not seeing it, exactly you didn't question having I a never had any um it was completely normal to me, and so like as I got older like understanding homophobia was such a shock to me yeah. in some ways. I mean, I let, I led sort of what is a very sheltered life in a way the shelter was just very different than most people's sheltered yeah. life. That's interesting. I did not, I didn't meet a Republican until college. I love it. Like, and, and that's something I've actually recently begun to th- like learn more about myself because I sort of take for granted my incredibly liberal <laughs> views and And it's not that they're changing in any way, but I just want to learn to have more empathy for the other side because they, they were like not real people. Like Mm -hmm. when I, when I went to college, I I was so shocked that Republicans existed. It was the first year, uh, it was, it was the 2000 election was my first uh, election year. Yeah. I voted for Nader and then I went back and I was like watching the results come in and I was like, oh, who would fucking vote for Bush? Idiots. And of course, you know, even though I was, I was in Minnesota and I was in a liberal state. I was in a blue state. You know, there's Republicans because that's normal. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And I got like horrible notes under my doors for weeks when he won. And like, you know, I made out with a Republican in college, but it was like, I need to, you know, I have like continually had to be like, no, no, no. Like they, they, are not dumb they're not you know like this is these are real people who have different views than you do and if you can come at it with some empathy that's a a more interesting conversation absolutely than just and it and i'm honestly i hate to say this because social media has been such a negative place for political stuff for me because people send pictures of dead babies when i stand with planned parenthood or Mm -hmm. tell me i'm hitler if i talk about gun control (sighs) but what it did make me think was okay that's really not acceptable. However, there are people out there who have these beliefs and they have these beliefs for a reason. And right. if I can think about, you know, I have friends who grew up in the South with guns and it's a, it's a completely different relationship to guns than yeah. I have. And I still believe in gun control, yeah. but I can have some empathy about what they, f- what, how, where they're coming from. Yeah. So I'm it's still learning. Tricky.
0: Yeah, no, no, no. But, and I think that's a really, but that's all so interesting and it feels a little bit fraught to me as well because While I didn't have that sheltered of of a liberal upbringing, for sure, both my parents are bleeding heart liberals and um, and, you know, growing up in Arizona, which is a border, you know, border state and Tucson, which is a border city, essentially, um, and going to magnet schools where they made sure that whites were the minority and Mm -hmm. stuff. I definitely had. A different idea about what all of that meant, even though Arizona is a red state. Yeah. And um, what I what gets tricky is, and it was really interesting working at the Huffington Post, which I did um, for part of a year, uh, because that is just a sort of acknowledged, like if you go to the HuffPo, you you know already what your yeah. what the point of view is going to be. Is you're a lib-tar. unabashedly it's biased, like, right. yeah. and that's and it's yeah. still giving news, you know. Um, but to feel this sense of like. <laughs> the trickiness, the tricky area that we fall into and this, by no means a political podcast, but, um, but it is certainly something that's been on my mind lately too. And maybe one of the reasons but I apologize, not apologize, but I podcast Colette, uh, and that came out today. And, uh, and I, I was like, God, I've really been talking about feminism and my own struggles with mm-hmm. kind of the voice of feminism a lot on the podcast lately. And I never made the connection that it might have something to do with a presidential election. And this mm-hmm. idea of this woman who kind of embodies my issues with kind of feeling, like I want something to go in one direction, but feeling confused by that and mm-hmm. feeling frustrated. And there's a great article in Elle magazine, actually uh, the October Elle. I also spoke about Elle magazine very recently when another discussion about uh, uh, feminism with someone else. But, um, but there was a great article by this writer. And if I think about it, I'll put it on the Facebook page, but she wrote this, she's been reporting on Hillary for 10 years mm-hmm. and she wrote this beautiful piece about how frustrated and confused she is about how much she wants Hillary to win because Mm -hmm. she has so many issues with Hillary. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of sort of like, you know, the representation of something versus the reality of something, all that kind of stuff comes into play. But same with politics in general is that I feel like some of the rhetoric that you hear about liberals is stop trying to identify with the other side and being empathetic Mm -hmm. because you're not fighting hard enough because you're under you're too understand you become too understanding of the other side, and there isn't this sort of like split line that the Republicans are so good at, which is just like, fuck everyone who's not us. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying every Republican is that because that yeah. then feeds into this idea yes. of like stereotypes. Yeah. But I think if you look at the force of that party being so unapologetic about everything all the time and just being like, We're right. Yeah. You know what I mean? That there's something hard about feeling like on the other side, like I'm working so hard to understand people who feel that you should be able to go buy a gun and kill someone in an hour. Yeah. Like I have a really hard time with that. And and part of me wishes that I could be as staunch as somebody who feels th- the opposite, which is just that to be just like, you're just wrong yeah. and I don't care. And I don't like you for what, for feeling that way. And I can't,
1: I'm too like, that sort of like well maybe you know yeah but you know it's this thing and this is sort of a weird um reference but uh i sat down like somebody was like uh come meet with the the media coach like because you're gonna be doing all this twitter stuff a couple years ago um for the show and uh she was like come up with three words about yourself and only tweet things that that are in these three categories because people cannot handle a 360 degree person. They can only handle fascinating. And I found that I, I think about that all the time because I don't do that at all. I mean, and I can't make myself do that. Yeah. And it, it's, but it, it, it makes sense that that's real and it's horrifying to think that, but it's also like, People have their own shit. Like they can't handle all of you all the time. Yeah. Like they just want to know what's this, what's that, great, done <sighs> and let so me make a decision because they have their own lives dealing yeah. with their own shit.
0: And with the, pr- and the and the sort of amount, the massive amount of stimuli that we all exactly. have the option to be exposed to via social media
1: and exactly. stuff. And it's the same it thing does. with politics. Like sense, people they can't troubling. handle like contradictions right. and they can't handle like all the sort of different shades in the middle. They have yeah. to say like, okay, here's what I stand for. Here's what I stand yeah. for. Done. And now it's a clear clear message, right? That's what clear you're talking about. Clear message and also branding. Yeah. Which oh, is God. such a dirty well, word. Well, I, I have just given up because yeah. I think it doesn't really matter ultimately. Like, I feel like we're of an age that like... We didn't start at 18 building yeah. her brand. So like, fuck it. Who yeah. cares? Yeah. Like, I'm yeah. not going to like build a brand. Right. And, like you're going to be like, right, this right. Is in the eye of cash. Right. Brand. right. Like you, sh- these people are like, you know, infants yeah. who yeah. are like starting. Well, these you things. know, what?
0: this is a, this is a thing I will say. If you're, if you have not listened to it and, uh, and you're coming here, because you're a fan of Aya's or you're a fan of You're the Worst uh, or any other uh, thing that you've seen Aya in that she's wonderful in, um, I would say a, an interesting thing to listen to after this or even to revisit would be Zelda Williams' podcast episode because here we have a girl who's much younger. I mean, you're younger than I am. She's much younger than you. Here she is Robin Williams daughter Mm -hmm. and her relationship with social media. What does that look like? Mm -hmm. And she's so brilliant and Mm -hmm. she's very fearless, but is very candid about, you know, this is what's hard about it and, and what it feels like to be recognizable, not just for your own person, but for something that you're attached to and have strong feelings and opinions and want to make those known and to feel like you're a complicated 360 person and to just sort of put all of that out there, um, I think it's a really interesting episode, and I bet you guys would get along really well. She's a I she's a really she has a really interesting perspectives. Not we that I to go, get to see much of her, but I go,
1: st- go trick or treating at her house. Oh yeah, there yeah. you go. That you had to be under a certain age to go trick or treating
0: at her house. Oh wow, so that's like, like a sign where or you longer, <laughs> where so you have, have to be under a certain outside. height. For yeah, real? <laughs> that's really funny. I bet. Um, yeah. To figure out crowd control,
1: there's a whole other thing about having. I mean, first of all, I can't even imagine what she went through but also having a parent who was so brilliant as well and and dealing with your own sort of feelings of who am i in that yeah because their sphere is so large
0: yeah well that's one of the wonderful things about these conversations too especially when you you hear about people's teenagerhoods who were you know by all accounts on paper Mm -hmm. 180 degrees different from yours and then you find out how much bleeds over and how much you're like, wow, except for those two huge things. Mm-hmm. We're both th- humans. That define you <laughs> weirdly. Yeah. Everything else checks a box for me. You yeah. know, there's something very very uh, pleasing about that and very comforting about that and it's funny because that feeds right into the sort of like i want to understand everyone i want to be able to be as close to understanding the strangest hardest stuff as possible without actually agreeing with it yeah because i just have to feel that that makes you better
1: in some way yeah you know no i mean i think empathy is the key i think you know it's like they show that if you talk to Anyone who's had, like, a positive interaction with a gay person is less likely to be against gay marriage. So, therefore, I mean, it's just about humanizing. So, if we can all humanize each other, maybe we'll actually start to have some real conversations as opposed to just throwing shit. But, I, I, you know, I mean, I can't save the world. I'm not saying I have any answers. But I do think that the first step is to try to be empathic to to each side. And if someone believes something diametrically opposed to what you believe, like your first responsibility is to be like, okay, where are they coming from? Absolutely. Well, and I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying I've been it. good at this. Right. I mean, I've gotten into some fights. I've gotten it, you know, yeah. I, I've, but, uh, you know, but uh, how and, are you
0: going to get, how are any of us going exactly. to get good at it? Unless, unless you we allow ourselves to be bad practicing. at it. Yeah, yeah. And practice it. And also, uh, you know, allow that fear to, be palpable to ourselves and yeah. sort of be able to look at it and examine it. The sort yeah. of unexamined life is not worth living. That goes towards why am I having such a strong reaction to this? What does it strike in me? The strongest reaction we have is very often fear-based. Mm-hmm. How do I navigate that? And then is there a way for me to push past this so that I can get to like the root issue of what it is? And that's yeah. really
1: hard. Well, we're it's a so culture. Hard. We're a culture that that doesn't value certain emotions and certain things like fear and, and, um, and any sort of negative emotion. Sadness is supposed to be like, get, get past it. Good. Go, go right. do something else. Which is get what was, frankly, yeah. great about your hair drawing. You're the worst. And that people were like,
0: I remember someone saying about uh, saying to me about, uh, Steven and the show on the right, the amazing writers and you guys doing such a phenomenal job of, um, that someone said to me, you know, uh, who's been around in the business and forever and very critical was like, you know, the first time that reared its head in Mm -hmm. season two. And then I realized it wasn't going to be a one episode. Mm -hmm. I was like fucking awesome, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, and what's so interesting and I think what Stephen does kind of amazingly is, like, he always seems to know what's going to be happening mm. in, like, the zeitgeist. You know, with Sarah Silverman's movie coming mm-hmm. out, like, Bojack, 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 if that's the way. <laughs> Bojack, horseman. <poor laughs> <laughs> um, no, you're pronouncing it right. I'm pretty sure you're pronouncing it right. Yeah, you know, that's the French version. That's right. Um, But, you know, it, that's sort of what people are discussing. And I think part of it is it's, like, the dirty little secret of the comedy world, you know, is that, I mean... I, comedy comes from pain, yeah. mostly. Yeah. I'm not saying all. Yeah. But, like, a lot of comedy comes and out of pain. And if not directly
0: and- from it, there's, like, a right turn that happens, like, where this... You derive joy from this, but somehow it kind of still feed back into those, those sort of intense feelings. Exactly,
1: which is why it seems crazy that people are so, like, oh, my God, a comedy is dealing... I was like, that's exactly what comedy is. That's where it belongs, <laughs> yes, yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah, as and much like, as anywhere else, anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so i don't know no there's a
0: good there was a really good um my friend amir helped uh spearhead this kind of campaign that where we all did that sort of thunderbolt oh god see now i'm a million years old (laughs) it's a thing where like everyone is you you set up something you sign up automatically Uh so that everyone is tweeting the exact same thing in a timed way all at once oh and it was this it was hashtag therapy helped Uh and it's just it was just this Mm -hmm. like huge campaign on this one given day of you know please know that you should mm-hmm. feel very okay about yeah. asking for help yeah. in that way. And that, that it, so many people can say I'm healthier because I looked at my feelings,
1: you know? Yeah. Well, it's interesting. There uh, like six months into my relationship with my husband, we were having a hard time. We were like, how are we having a hard time after six months? Like maybe this is not right. Uh, but we really, really like loved each other already. And we were like, what do we do? And we called his, his, um, friend family friends his godparents uh who have been studying couples they've been a couple since they were like 14 years old and they're in their 60s and they study couples they're both psychologists and they recommended something and they said something which was why why would you climb Mount everest without a guide like and i kind of feel that way as a human like why would you think that you just have the skills to be to live in this world right like you don't like yeah. we all need help sometimes. Yeah. And that doesn't say that like therapy is the answer. It says therapy might be the answer. Religion might be the answer. Self-help might be, be yeah. the answer, but like we all need help. Right. It's just like, we're not like innately, e- even though our parents have tried to do a good job of instilling yeah. things like, You need tools as you get older. You have new problems as you get older. I totally
0: agree. And I I need to get into this mash game that I may or may not have warned you about. But I think um, that goes right back into this idea of what's valued and what's not valued, of course, which is this idea that if you ask for help, it's like you're broken Mm -hmm. or this is your relationship was broken. And that's why you needed to go get therapy opposed to it's hard and living with someone's hard and sometimes you can be with someone for five years and when you get married that's hard and you mm-hmm. didn't know it was gonna be hard yeah. what's changed hard to put my finger on yeah no, so we of have in. that
1: you know what I mean we pop in and out of I great. mean we have we don't do it regularly but like anytime a big event is coming up like getting married or like if we want to have a kid we'll probably yeah. go you know because it's just like let's check in and like make sure there's a safe place to talk about it because you always put off the conversation or at least I will and like it's like yeah. a place to be like all right we're gonna talk about this now and, and we're gonna and have a little help absolutely and just be in a
0: place where you're acknowledging i want to be better at this thing that means something to me exactly like that's great
1: okay look okay real quick yes because i feel like i said this but didn't explain it the second time i shaved my head yes thank you god i'm so bad at tangents yes was because we had this woman living with us as a roommate her name was yelena Mm -hmm. she was a crazy russian 20 year old hairdresser um Oh my god, she was crazy, and she uh, would experiment on me, and I would let her. And she gave my black dyed hair a perm, <laughs> and I looked like one of those like wet poodles at the beach, where oh it's like curly no. and then straight. Yes, yes, and yes. I had that for about two months, and then I was like, I can't fucking do it anymore. So the second time was actually out of vanity, <laughs> but you knew it was going to be okay. Yeah, I because was like, you had I've done chosen this to do it in the past. Yes,
0: still significant. All right, now we I gotta pee. Mash. This is a very rare, okay. uh, a, a rare pee break.
1: Oh, I'm gonna pee. Do this mash game. Can you game. pause this? I can pause it. You're technical. I want you proficient. to know,
0: those of you listening, it is going to seem as if no time has passed, so you don't feel you need to take a break, unless you'd like to. This is a good time to do that. Uh, I'm going to come back. We'll do the mash game. Great, and I'm excited. I'm running this show. Okay. I don't want you to feel like you owe me anything other than improvisational answers. Jesus Christ. But...
1: We it, saw how good I, I am Well, week.
0: listen, you're just going to... You're going to be Ugh, very organic
1: and then no you're going to get no in your audience.
0: car and go, I don't know why I picked any of those things. Okay. It'll be great. Um, so uh, this first one will be... Um, okay, I'm going to get... This is... Uh, I'm going to get uh, a sort of... Um, superficial one out of the way but also because i think it will be you'll have fun answers uh which is three kind of styles male female unisex whatever that um it would be really fun to t- kind of try on as extreme as you want or as simple as you want that for one uh, one reason or another it's not like tomorrow you can mm-hmm. go wear marie antoinette's dress or tomorrow you can have a mohawk
1: gotcha. but it's a sort of
0: imaginary world where there's three kind of looks that you're like i would you know what? It would be fun to rock that for a day with no consequences or discomfort
1: mm-hmm. from any era. Uh, like, so can I do like Justin Bieber's hair? Absolutely. Why okay. not? Why Justin not? Justin Bieber's hair, amazing. Um, I'm not good in a corset, so that eliminates like a huge swath of history. Uh-huh. Like, I don't, I don't go in at the waist, uh-huh. no matter how hard you pull, and I don't want to do uh-huh. it. So, um, I would say i would say uh like flapper great i would love great. i like that um and then like wonder woman's out oh wonderful god you were around the corner
0: from it in high school <laughs> super toothbrush um give me three places in uh this world of ours that'll be fun to have a vacation home um if getting there weren't like a headache
1: Uh, I would say Naoshima, Japan. wonderful. Which is amazing. You have to... Would you ever be like, I don't think that's very good. (laughs) 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 Wonderful.
0: Uh, Um, No, I might if you said something that I was like, really? I went there and I didn't like it. But I did love Japan. I certainly haven't been to Naoshima. Oh, yeah. We were
1: like there at the same time. That's right. And we missed each other. Damn it. Crazy. Um, Okay. uh, uh, Another place that I would like to have a vacation home is like southern Spain.
0: Great have not been to spain yet yeah. Am troubled by that mm-hmm.
1: great and then i'm gonna i'm gonna go with hope and say the center of paris
0: wonderful we can be neighbors mm-hmm. uh that would certainly be on my list okay how about three uh movies that you can jump into At your discretion for as long or as little as you like, but the movie is like, it's a, it's a real world. So you're you. It's not like you're playing a character in a movie, but you're just hanging out with those characters or in that realm.
1: Oh God, this is mildly embarrassing, but I would say high fidelity. Oh, that's not embarrassing at all. Well, Just because like I want John Cusack to use me. But like John Cusack from that movie. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. From fair, that movie. Fair. not like n- Not like in real life or uh, now. I totally
0: understand. And please know that I will be giving you uh, alternate universe uh, okay. sex slaves and or <laughs> uh, romantic and or alternate universe husbands. So you can keep, you can Man. tuck him away if you That's want to
1: trot it. him out again. Uh, okay, um, great. High okay. fidelity. Uh, uh, it's movies, right? It's not mm-hmm. TV. Okay. Okay. Um, Uh, Well, fuck it. You can do TV. If something popped into your head, absolutely. I want to be adopted by Friday Night Lights. Oh sure. (laughs) Oh yeah. I want definitely. I want Coach and his wife to like tuck me in and then like maybe touch a titty. Both of them. That's
0: great. Um, God, I agree. And then you found out that couple of television was swingers. Everyone would oh be like, God. "I'm into that."
1: <gasps> Very much. I love so. them both. Yeah. Um, okay. And then I would say the Princess Bride. Oh, wonderful. I want to be swashbuckling and oh, man. and fight That's rats of unusual. size. <laughs>
0: That's what it's all about. I'm really interested in rats of an, rodents of unusual size. <laughs> um, let's do the same thing uh, with books.
1: Oh, okay. Um, Books I'd like to be in. I'd say Americana because I just want to be friends with her. Mm -hmm. Um, Great. I am reading the and I don't know how to pronounce the name like for some reason I'm saying Elena Ferrante but Mm -hmm. like maybe it's Elena Ferrante but it's a made up name anyway right Uh, so I mean because she writes under a pseudonym but I'm reading right now um, the Neapolitan novels and I just want to be in Naples I'm dreaming in Naples right now so that comes to mind Um, and then I'd say just kids because God I just and that was real life too but
0: I could be there in real life there you go Um, Perfect, perfect, perfect. Okay, let's do uh, let's do our alternate universe uh, romantic encounters. It could be again like, oh, this would be my alternate universe husband or it could be like this would be the woman that I spend six torrid months with or whatever.
1: I want to have, like, a 10-year on-and-off relationship with Woody Harrelson. Okay, great. Like, I don't need it to be... I don't need to be his one and only, but, like, I <laughs> want to, like, have, like, encounters, like, whenever we're in the same city yeah, kind of a, thing. Yeah, of a
0: deep connection that no one else can touch.
1: Yes, that's all... I've had a crush on him forever. Um, and now I can't say Kyle Chandler because I just said coach. Um, so I have to come up with something else. <laughs> if you if you task yourself to do that, I accept it, but I also would accept it. Um, I feel, like, also... <laughs> Like if I was going to go to, to like the lady pond, Mm -hmm. I would go, I, ew, I can't believe I said (laughs) lady pond. That's like mildly insulting to all women. Um, (laughs) if I was going to go there, I feel like Chelsea Handler would just be a blast. Like I, I would have a very good time with her. Um, and then, um, oh fuck it. Connie Britton, Kyle, Let's let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Great. Uh,
0: next one uh, three foods or substances, drinks, whatever, that um, in this alternate universe are not only uh, not bad for you, but like they have vitamins and stuff. Could be as specific as like a one thing you had once, one time,
1: or it could be like a general category. Garlic, Jack, Sonoma cheese, right? I mean, can I just do all cheeses? <laughs>
0: sure.
1: <laughs> Blue cheese. Oh, I do love some blue cheese. Um and uh drunken goat, which is also a <laughs> cheese. It. I I
0: really love cheese. I you know what? I I have recently started reintroducing a little bit of dairy, dairy. cheese into my life and I I thought I didn't miss it, and now that I'm having it, I'm like, how did I live without it
1: you? It makes everything better. God damn it's I so don't, good. I don't even like a burger. I put yeah. cheese on a burger. I, I eat lots of burgers because yeah. I love <laughs> you know, cheese, cheese with me. It's like, the cheese it's delivery the method. I'm like, okay, but yeah. like, yeah, oh I really
0: cheese. good, good call with cheese. Really good. Um, okay, next one is. Um, I feel like I've been stuck in a loop lately, but I can't really help myself because I get excited about all the same ones. But I did do I do enjoy um, sort of alternate universe like or just sort of like side businesses like, oh, I also started this dog shelter or oh, I also make purses Mm -hmm. not out of dogs. Those things aren't related. (laughs) Uh, uh, You know what I mean? Like these sort of other things that you sort Uh of have on the side. Are you going to judge me if I say dog
1: purses? Not no, at all. I'm not saying dog not at all. I'm really on board for Don't it. Don't write that down. I was hoping you'd Don't say write that down. I'm not a monster. <laughs> um, I, well, it's well documented that I was going to try to open an antique shop if I didn't get. You're the worst. Well, there you go. It's actually it's specific. It's antiques, coffee, and books. But you can just write an antique oh, shop no. for and our purposes. where would that be? Uh, upstate New York. Right. There already is the exact same thing that I would want to open now. But I thought of it before it opened, so God it still damn counts. Those people. Um, I would also, I guess, you know, do some sort of world saving thing just uh-huh. to like combat my own narcissistic other career, which is acting. Mm-hmm, I mean, I don't mm-hmm. do that in real life, but in an alternate <laughs> universe, this is what <laughs> if I do. I just had more time and magic on my side. Where I'd like, you know, save children. <laughs> Great. I'll that's, just make that's that's that a job, very right? Save vague. children. Wonderful. Great. Um, and then uh, I would do, I don't know, like if I had the skills, like, I actually really love clothes and things and I would love to make my own clothes. Wonderful. Great.
0: Um, Okay. And then my last one, I'm I'm racking my brain to think of uh, categories that people always like asking and, uh, or like me to ask that I then forget to ask. I can't think of any. So I'm going to go with um, uh, three uh, musicians um, that you, could you know not so much that you can make them play for you whenever you want wherever you want but more just like when they come into town they're like i has to come to our show we want to hang out with her we want to hear how she felt the set went she's our bud
1: so i'm gonna say since this podcast is a lot about high school Mm -hmm. i'm gonna give a little plug in this one which is richie cunning okay Who is a rapper I went to high school with? A lot of my friends ended up rappers, but like that's not, that sounds like a joke. Like everybody ended up a rapper, but like they're all insanely talented. That's so cool. Yeah. So I'll say Richie Cunning. Love it. Um, I'm just going to stay with high school. Coffrey J, also a rapper I went to high school with. Great. Runs Hip Hop for Change. Um, And then uh, I would say. God, I I want to stick with high school things. Do it, so do it. Let's do Annie DeFranco. Great, Even great, Even though the great, last great, concert great. I went to ten years ago was terrible, uh-huh. she played for like <laughs> half an hour. What? I was like, why did oh, I just Ani. pay thirty five dollars? No kidding. Break. How do they justify that? It just was that was the set length. Yeah, I think she went through some hard times. She probably did. Yeah. She's a highly sensitive person. Now, empathy. Let's have us. empathy for Ani. Annie,
0: baby. Uh, great. Okay. Uh, tell me when to stop. Okay. I'm going to pause this, do some okay. quick calculating. Great. I'm going to come back with your 100% guaranteed MASH future. Great. Okay. I, listen, I think you're going to be pleased with this. I'm going to try to put it into some sort of story form. <clears throat> uh So you're at a Richie Cunning show. There we because go. Of course you are. Mm-hmm. Because he can't do it without you shout out to Richie and uh, check out his work. Um, I certainly will. Uh, and, uh, you get a text that you have just by virtue of your older, uh, sort of alternate. I going to say old other and alternate became older, your older career. <laughs> you've saved just one more child. Mm. You're probably saving like a child a minute. I'm not even sure how this business of yours works, but you're really doing great stuff. Uh, and, uh, maybe some of it was uh, due to your experience, uh, experiencing living inside, uh, just kids. Um, if not that, then, um, the fact that you understand, uh, the mentality of a young person possibly because you have, uh, Justin Bieber hair. Uh, that didn't really make any sense, but listen, the important thing is that you have Justin Bieber hair. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you, uh, I don't know how the uh, the people in uh, Naoshima, Japan honor a beautiful hairstyle, but that is certainly where you have a house. And when you need a little escape from uh, your regular life and your beautiful vacation home in Naoshima, rest assured that you can dive into the world of high fidelity. Amazing. <laughs> but that does not necessarily mean that you're being non-fidelitous, infidelitous to <laughs> your... Kyle Chandler and Connie Frighton (laughs) relationship. They have each other when you disappear and hang out with uh, John Cusack's character in that. Um, And uh, after your exhausting bout of hot sex with either of those uh, winners, uh, you can feast on drunken goat cheese. There you go. It's a pretty good future.
1: Yeah Congratulations How do I get in that For real uh, I make some calls The rest of my day Is just getting back In my pajamas of calls <laughs> <pajamas. laughs> And sorcery to do
0: I um, thank you so much For doing the podcast I've been wanting this To happen for so long Yay,
1: Thank you for having uh, me It makes me very very happy Janet be- Varney is amazing oh, On your are the Worst boy, By boy, the way oh boy. She gave it's, us some compliments But she's oh very very good It's a
0: very very spe- It's just such a special show And, and with amazing people And uh, I'm so excited That we get to do another season If you haven't watched it Please check it out uh, It's very easy to find And um, our uh, uh, season finale just aired last night. Um, Aya is on Twitter. Yep. Uh maybe Aya Cash. While at maybe Aya Cash while also uh listen she's she's busy and she doesn't have to answer every single tweet that she gets because I know she's being inundated by people telling her she's awesome. Uh and uh and anything else that we should tell uh, the kind folks about? Nope, I have nothing else going on. All right. Uh back to your pajamas. Uh well earned, well earned. And uh, guys, we'll talk to you next time on the podcast.